Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Working Title. This is Keyshawn Rains, and I am your host. Today's episode is really special. I got a chance to sit down and have a great conversation with someone that I met at an event that I have affectionately renamed as Wakandalust, also known as Wanderlust in Atlanta earlier this year. This person stood out to me in a workshop that we did together where we explored trust, faith, balance, and play in an acro yoga workshop, which was actually my very first time even trying it. And although I did not fly, it reminded me a lot of cheerleading and It also reminded me just to be willing and adventurous to explore something different, to experience something new, which I encourage everyone to do all the time. So today's conversation is an interesting experience, learning a little bit more about this person, her journey to the mat, where she's been since she started teaching yoga and exactly how her practice has created an opportunity for healing in her life and how she continues to create opportunities for healing for others. So this is an awesome conversation with my friend Chantel. I invite you to sit back, relax, take a couple of long, deep cleansing breaths and get ready to listen to another conversation. Hello there. Hello. Here we are. How are you? I am well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I am. Uh, let's see. We're almost the end of June. Um, we're about a week away from my, my 42nd birthday is next Friday. And wow. yeah, so I am like mentally and emotionally uh, preparing for this next, you know, cycle around the sun and feeling um. I don't know, around my birthday, I always get, I, I, I'm a cancer. My sun sign's a cancer and my moon is in Sagittarius. And nice. I my think, sun sign's in Sagittarius. Yeah, I saw that. So yeah, so around my birthday time, I always go like, you know, cancers are, you know, we go inward and we have our little shell and, you know, this and that. But I notice around my birthday, um, I feel like I kind of just dive deep into reflection. You know, what have I done this year? What are, you know, my highs and my lows? Because for me, you know, New Year's is kind of my birthday. Um, Everyone celebrates New Year's on January 1st. But for me, my birthday is is my new year. And during that time is when I really start to say, okay, what, what would I like to do differently? What things can I celebrate? You know, what areas would I like to improve on? And so um, I've been spending a lot of time, you know, at home, kind of a nesting kind of sort of (laughs) and uh, it's given me a lot of time to get back to some of the projects that I really passionate about this podcast being one of them and so um so yeah so I've been looking at that stuff how about yourself how are you what have you been up to oh well so I um I would say probably in about April I've been making um an energetic shift kind of right about the time that I met you Mm. um, at Wanderlust, just taking ownership of myself, the things that I enjoy doing. Um, I recently got out of a relationship kind of around April where I was waiting on my partner to enjoy life with me. So I was Mm. like, I almost felt guilty for 
wanting to enjoy life on my own or venturing out to enjoy those things that I enjoyed because he was like, well, I have to work. So I was like, Mm. well, I can't be having all this fun and I'm waiting for him to join. Um, And so I, things had started to go downhill. It's like, okay, it's about a a year and a half mark. And for me, if you can't kind of get those things in a year and a half, you kind of need to call it or pause it, Mm -hmm. Um, but don't keep on going down the cycle. So um, I started take, uh, going out if every, every uh, Saturday is a yoga mm-hmm. event, I'm there. Mm-hmm. Like, it's mm-hmm. a yoga mm-hmm. event, a vegan event, like, downtown party. Not even a party, like a festival. And festival, been, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing where I, got, I get to meet more of my people that are on the same frequency. So... Mm-hmm started just owning, owning things and being that I wasn't putting so much time into salvaging a relationship. Mm-hmm. I, um, I was able to put it back in me, which is where mm-hmm. I wanted, um, into my passion into, which is yoga, um, and helping mm-hmm. people and getting back into the creative space and mind of just allowing things to flow and to be mm-hmm. present. So since then, it's just been an amazing, amazing journey. And every day I'm learning something new and Mm -hmm. it, it makes me happy to learn and be, and I'm seeing the massive amounts of growth that, um, that have been coming from it. Yeah. That's that's what I've too. Yeah. That's really cool. I mean, I think that, you know, what sometimes I, I, what I do is um, ask myself those questions, like, how far am I going to take this before I see the sun? How, how long am I going to stand in the sunlight before I recognize the sun? And sometimes, or the reverse, how long am I going to stand in the darkness before I recognize, recognize that no one's coming in to turn the lights on? <laughs> right. <laughs> that I have to be the one to either step into a different room, step out of the, the, the darkness. I have to be the one to, to, to make it happen, to kind of create the momentum around it. And I think that sometimes it can be challenging, especially in, you know, partnerships, romantic relationships, or even just deeply rooted friendships where you find that you're standing firmly in your light. You're fully pursuing your joy. You're fully exploring your peace and your partner is like trailing behind mm-hmm. and that can be really difficult because it's like I ex- I discovered this really amazing thing called joy and I just want to dive into it and digest it completely and I would love to share it with you and when it doesn't happen that way you find I, I mean for me I've, I've found myself in spaces where I'm like well man okay I don't want to leave you behind this is too great to not bring you along. However, you know, I can't, I can't starve myself from having this experience because even though I love and adore you, I love and adore me more. Exactly. I have to. You have to. And I have, um, I've been sharing that uh, story, uh, my personal story, never wanting to tell someone else, Mm -hmm what to do but I I remind people choose yourself first Um, and people a lot of the times takers always Mm -hmm. take and choose themselves first 
subconsciously or maybe consciously and Mm -hmm. they continue to take and you or me as a giver I'm Mm -hmm. like okay but maybe if I wrap it in a piece of cheese this way then (laughs) yeah you can you'll take it (laughs) yeah but you have to take at the end of the day you have to look in the mirror and is this making me happy and for so long there are always tribulations in life and in relationships, good and bad. So I had to stop telling myself the story that like mm. things can things can be rocky. Yes, and things can be rocky, but for how long? Mm-hmm. How long are you going to take the back seat for someone else's feelings, for right. someone else's beliefs? And right. I um I was on a journey when I first met him. I told him I was at the very beginning of this journey Mm -hmm. and I'm delving deeper and I continue to delve deeper and delve deeper. So I, what I say is in the beginning, I was on the train ride. Mm -hmm. Now I'm on a rocket ship. And if you didn't catch up, (laughs) then there's no catching up now. We're now where I'm, I'm, I'm lapping you now at this point, you know, like no out longer, of this world. Yeah. Out of this world. <laughs> yeah. We're no longer in the same solar system. And, and yeah, that can, that can be tough, you know? And, but I think there's, there's beauty in dismantling things. Sometimes there's beauty in creating um, separation, creating space, you know, around yourself and, I think that sometimes that's when some of our deepest healing actually happens is when we, we choose ourselves because some of us haven't always done that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sometimes choosing ourselves is a new concept, you know, for mm-hmm. us choosing ourselves, using our voice, standing in our truth, doing so unapologetically, but also with compassion for ourselves and other people. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a whole, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a balance of all these things. And I, I, I can relate to that when I first um, started, when I went to yoga teacher training, which was like back in 2013, I remember I was coming out of a relationship and I remember, you know, to my former partner, them saying something along the lines of like, so what are you just going to be like a spiritual person now? Like, is that what you're <laughs> going to be doing now? <laughs> and, and I was kind of like, cause you know, like I'm going to class, I got my sutras, I'm reading I'm <laughs> deeply. I got my, you know, my, my yogi name and I'm, you know, changing right. the way I dress. Right. I dove in. Yes. Like you said, I went from a choo-choo train mm-hmm. to a bullet train to a rocket ship and was like, this is where I am now. Actually, I, I have a whole new person and I think what was difficult about it was going into spaces outside of just the romantic relationship, but going into spaces that I had once occupied and going in as this new version of myself mm-hmm. and, you know, finding that some of my, you know, beautiful tribe members just embraced me even more. You know, when I got on that rocket ship, they, they were like, Hey, I, can't go there with you but you know what I celebrate you I honor you and I see you and that was really great you know for me to have that kind of support so um I want to dive in not that we haven't already done that but I want to dive in a little little more (laughs) you and um you mentioned briefly that your passion is yoga tell me a little bit more about that okay so in um I started my journey in 2017 I had dabbled into yoga 
maybe once or twice before. And I was, of course, one of those people. Yoga's boring. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, it's too, it's too this, it's too that. They move too slow. I want to work out. Um, I didn't see yoga for what it is. Uh, Mm. So life put me on this path. Mm -hmm. In November of 2016, I had an abortion and Mm -hmm. I was in a very, very dark place. And I knew if I didn't get a grip and I didn't get a grip soon and find something that I can heal my body as a whole, Mm -hmm. I was going to spiral out of control. Mm -hmm. I had... um, I've always been in fitness, loved working out. Um, I was lifting weights at the time, but my body was just so weak. I, I wasn't feeling any progress. It was like hurting. And I, I felt more destructive to get up out of bed early in the morning to go be around people. Mm -hmm. I just, I wasn't having it. So after a very bad counselor told me, I just needed to find a hobby and some friends, I okay. took the <laughs> hobby advice. <laughs> okay. The it counselor was, shall remain nameless, but yes, <laughs> it was the very last time I saw him okay. and it wasn't him. Okay. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I remember sitting down with a friend mm-hmm. in college And she was in, she was super amazing yogi. She started telling me her story. She's like, yeah, life led me down this really dark place and I found yoga. So I thought Mm. back, I'm in this really dark place. Of course, a whole lot sadder and not Mm -hmm. with all of this charisma now. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to try out yoga. So I Mm. looked into some places at the time I for sure was not anticipating on teaching. I just needed to heal myself. Right. So I looked in, I found a couple places. I found my home studio in Columbus, Georgia. I was in college or Mm. just recently graduated college. Mm -hmm. And I, I immediately felt welcome. It was something Mm. about the energy. It was the people. It took maybe two or three classes for them to know my name, Mm -hmm. to welcome me. There was a sitting area where I could have tea. And even if I didn't want to really talk, I could Mm -hmm. be around people that were, you can tell the high vibrational energy. Um, The intentionality in the practice, the awareness, uh, different things like tuning into your breath. I remember Mm -hmm. one time in particular on my mat and a particular teacher would always say, like, notice your inhales and exhales. Which Mm -hmm. one are you favoring? And don't Mm -hmm. attach any judgment. Mm -hmm. So for the beginning of my practice, I was always favoring my exhales. It always felt better mm. to exhale, to let yeah. shit go. Go, yeah. And one time in particular, I remember the first time I favored my inhale. Mm. That I felt I had been practicing, I had been getting in my body, I had been doing the inner work, 
not mm-hmm. just the workout, this mm-hmm. forgetting that it was, whether it was too slow or too fast or was I sweating enough? Right. I favored the inhale and it was like, I literally felt my body open and receive the air. Mm. Wow. That's so awesome. <laughs> it was so amazing. <laughs> That's so awesome. Oh my God. And you know, as I'm as I'm listening and just, you know, taking in your experience, of course, you know, I'm reminded of my own, you know, yoga journey, my own, you know, yoga story, as I call it. And you said something that really stuck out, which was that when you brought yourself, you know, when you were introduced, when you said yes to this practice, it wasn't with this necessarily like this level of enthusiasm and excitement that you feel as a result of this practice. It's kind of like, I don't, I would say I, I haven't yet so far met many yogis who said, yeah, I skipped to my first yoga class. It was, (laughs) I was in the best part of my life. But what do you mean? I was on top of the world and it was wonderful. And it was just like, yeah, sure, whatever. Yoga. Yeah. Not a one. Not a one. No. Every person, including my, you know, my one of my first gurus, one of my first teachers, uh, Dharma Shakti, I was introduced to the practice at also one of those low moments in life where I just lost a family member, just, you know, lost a, a career, you know, um, and was in one of those places where I was like, what? in the world mm-hmm. is happening in my life right now who hates me uh, what did I do wrong <laughs> you know what I mean like do I need to light some more candles what's happening right. and a friend a close friend like a sister friend said come with me to this yoga class and I you know I'm from Long Beach California and so there's actually a yoga studio that hosts a community yoga class every day out on the beach or on the bluff overlooking the beach free to the public oh. hundreds of people out there every day the person who ran the studio happened to be a close personal friend of my sister friend. And so I trusted her and I said, okay, okay, girl, I'll go to this class. And for me, I am, you know, I don't have a, a huge fitness, fitness background, but you know, I was active in high school, college, et cetera, et cetera. So like you, I was like yoga. Mm, okay. Gonna have to be a little quiet. Okay. Gonna have to, there's going to be a lot of sitting, a lot of bending, a lot of sitting still. I'm pretty flexible. Yeah, sure. I can do this. So I went in with my athlete in my mind. Right. I went in with my competitive mind and there's nothing like yoga to uh, <laughs> shut you. that on down. <laughs> <laughs> to shut that all the way down. Oh, man. And I had one of those moments where the first time on my mat in this class, when we were in, you know, probably maybe the third or fourth, you know, sun salutation cycle, that as I came all the way down, I could just feel myself just, my body was weeping. You know, mm-hmm. my body was just like, good God, where have you been, Kijan? Mm-hmm. Where have you been? We've missed you. Hello. <laughs> let's, 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 let's like reintroduce ourselves to each other. And so when I started my practice, it was that reintroduction to myself, you know, and it, I know that's in some yoga spaces, it's very cliche, like, oh, it's, it's a union. I mean, that's what it means. And it's a connection. But for me, it really <laughs> right. felt, it felt like a reunion. Right. It felt like a reunion that I didn't even know that I needed mm-hmm. until I had it and was like, oh, I need this all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need this all the time. So it's, it has definitely become a passion um, for me too. Now, I know for you, 
that uh are, is crossfit also something that yes you i'm into? also a okay. crossfit l1 trainer um, okay that was uh that was a little less of my choice. <laughs> okay. Um, I, okay. I like I like CrossFit. Um, I mm-hmm. work at a CrossFit gym that is my full time job, where I also run a yoga program. So okay. since CrossFit is the mainstay of the mm-hmm. facility, and mm-hmm. I am in management, it was like, well, of course you're going to be an L1 trainer and mm. an L2 trainer. And I was just mm. like, okay, whatever. Okay. <laughs> just okay, don't that. ever think it'll ever replace yoga. Um, and for every CrossFit class I go to, there is a yoga class that I'm going to. Okay. Bottom line. Awesome. No, that's, that's really cool. And I mean, one thing about yoga is that it's not selfish. Uh, right, it, does, right. it doesn't mind sharing you with CrossFit right. and anything else exactly and I get the pleasure of sharing because it's a military affiliate okay. I get the pleasure of sharing yoga to uh, military service members who Ooh. were where I was yoga's not really a workout you just like <laughs> be quiet and stretch and mm-hmm. I just, it's boring. Mm -hmm. And I get to be the one that shows yoga through my lens. Of course, I keep all of the woo yoga religion things (laughs) out of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No chanting in this class. No, no, like we do a simple namaste. (laughs) We channel in our breath. (laughs) Right, right, right. You know, just to pique their interest and the ones that um, do enjoy, I invite them to a studio that I teach at that is a yoga studio that I do go a little more into the affirmations Mm -hmm. and the yoga-y stuff that I'm like, okay, well, if you want to see more of this, come to a studio. And so those, those people do get to see the difference of how I teach and they get a little more. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I really do enjoy the difference. Some just come for a stretch and then they're mm-hmm. like, I feel so good. And mm-hmm. they tell, they tell everybody and it's, it's great. So. That's awesome. That's really cool. I, I, am actually starting, um, in about two weeks now, I, um, just got a contract to teach meditation in a corporate environment. Wow. And it's, um, yeah, there's a national organization that has their headquarters in DC and it was so, I say random, but there's no such thing, nothing. but I, <laughs> nothing's random. Mm-hmm. I was like sitting on my computer one day and I'd been like relatively new to the East coast. And I'm like, I gotta find something to plug into. Where can I plug in? And I just Googled like workplace wellness. And then I Googled like corporate meditation, two things that you typically don't put together. <laughs> <laughs> I came up with this list and I, you know, sent an email like, ah, you know, let me see what happens. It probably won't become anything. And like the next day got an email back saying, yes, we would love for you to come and teach meditation in this corporate environment. And it's kind of like what you said. It's, it's giving people the yoga without them necessarily knowing that they're getting that yoga magic underneath it, because when they experience it, themselves because you can't hide it you can't fake it mm-hmm. once it happens that draws them in a little bit deeper and it, it it gives them an opportunity to explore a little bit more so one of the conversations that I had when I was interviewing for this contract was 
can you really make sure that you don't necessarily do too much like <laughs> woo woo <laughs> So what you're saying is I shouldn't bring in my singing bowl and my Pablo Santo. I shouldn't do that. Okay, got it. <laughs> Could you really just focus on like the mindfulness part of it? And I'm like, okay, sure. Even though I'm I'm listening to this lovely interview and I'm like, you do realize that mindfulness, these are all holistic healing practices. We've just managed to bring them into the corporate space. Our plan right. is working. <laughs> right, <know>? right. <laughs> and for me, I've brought in the meditation bowl a few times. I definitely hold on the Palo Santo. <laughs> <laughs> but they enjoy the they enjoy the singing bowl. Yeah, it's so do you enjoy the singing bowl? It's like it's these are undeniable things, and I think that (laughs) it's like we we're not making this shit up. No, I think that what what I am really excited about, as you know, I consider myself you know a holistic healing practitioner, a yogi, et cetera, et cetera, meditation coach, you know, peace ambassador, and all the above. Mm. I feel like there's definitely a shift happening. Um, in our society, in our world, in our country, in our culture right now. And I feel like there is a call to action for any of us who ever felt like, you know what, maybe I'll be a teacher. Maybe I will host a class. You know, maybe I will start a business. Maybe I will do this. What happened for you that once you discovered the practice, once you developed a passion for it, once you developed a, a relationship with yoga, what is it that keeps driving you forward to continue to share it with other people? I love sharing the gift of teaching. Um, and I'm so passionate about it. I feel like everybody should have some. <laughs> I'm very much one of those mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I feel like also... When I was probably about 2013-ish, mm-hmm. I was at a gym, kind of high intensity, and I saw how she kind of ran her schedule. Mm-hmm. And then I also was looking at my studio owner. And back in the earlier days, I saw how she had her gym. I was like, I totally want a fitness center. Mm. I am passionate about fitness, but I knew that I didn't want it to be that high intensity thing like she had. I knew I didn't want what I call like a Globo gym, like Mm -hmm. LA fitness or anything Mm -hmm. like that. And I just knew from then I want to own my own fitness facility. Mm -hmm. I was of course not thinking it would be yoga, Mm -hmm. but it, the, the, it was like, that was the framework. And then I got a little bit of the piece when I saw yoga and I developed such a passion. So I knew from then I wanted to own my own studio. Time for a break, time for a breather. One thing that we often forget to do as we move throughout our lives, throughout our day, is to breathe. So I invite you right now to allow three deep 
intentional breaths to enter and exit your body. And by the time you're done, we will be ready to continue. Thank you so much for listening. And what keeps me going is that sharing this with people and hearing people's testimonials and how yoga changes them. Or I even had a a lady come up to me at another yoga event that I was this past um, full moon in Sagittarius that we Mm -hmm. just had. Mm -hmm. She came up to me and she was like, Oh my God, you're a yoga teacher. (laughs) And I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I've taken one of your classes before. Mm. Through your class, I worked through like the past six years of my life that wow. I had been holding on to. Mm. And wow. that touched me so deeply. And I knew and I know what the teachers who were teaching me did for me. Like, mm-hmm. I look back to. 2016 where I was I barely knew my left from right Mm -hmm. I was like okay I'm going to put my clothes on and walk out of the door now um to where I am now and if there is a, a one person maybe one person a month that I can change and help them see life in a new lens, a different perspective, gain, grow, something. I need to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. It's just like, why not? Why, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you want to be? And I, I just, I keep going. And I love my own personal practice. I do, do I, I did hear with it, when do you start teaching? You kind of sacrifice your personal practice. Mm. And here lately, I have been 100% more intentional, mm-hmm. so much more intentional that I get up at 3.30 mm. before I go to work because my first CrossFit class is at 5.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, I was trying to go in and do the CrossFit thing and give all of my energy, but I was giving from like maybe a half full cup Mm -hmm. and I was like I need my yoga yeah but I was like what time do I wake up to do right should I (laughs) not go to sleep at all is that (laughs) right yeah so I just made it intentional I was like I'll I'll get up I might not do a whole hour flow Mm -hmm. I sit in my yoga room I absorb some energy I sit with myself I set my intention because yoga is not just the asana practice Right. So I write my my three things that I'm grateful for, give mm-hmm. the universe gratitude, mm-hmm. uh, especially before I ask for anything, before I give anything. I am grateful for where I am and what I have now. Yeah. And it's it's filled me so much that I can I can be yoga. I can live yoga. Mm-hmm. So if I don't spend an hour on my mat, I'm right. good. But when I get the time, oh, I'm spending three hours on my Oh, yes. <laughs> sweating I'm and time trying that music on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm flowing. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, that's, that's so, I say it's awesome because I know that 
it is very common for, you know, once you become a teacher and decide to make it a profession that you forget to fill your own cup first. You know what I mean? You, you often, we, I should say instructors, um, especially when you're, you know, fresh out the gate and you get that certification in your pocket, you're like, I'm a teacher. I want to share it with everybody right. that, you know, <laughs> everybody <in> yoga, um, <laughs> that it's easy to, to, to forget, like genuinely forget, like, wait a minute, when's the last time that I rolled out my mat just for me? You know, when is the last time I did this just for me? And, and it, like you said, it's not necessarily about exploring your asana, your physical practice. But for me, what keeps me rooted and grounded is the pranayama. It's the breath. Mm-hmm. It's it's the breath because force. that force that that beautiful energy that flows through you because in moments just living as a human being in this world there are oftentimes not spaces for me to just roll out my mat <laughs> you know right. what I mean I might be in traffic I might be in a meeting I might be in conversation I might just be having an overall experience that the only thing I can reach for is the breath that's the only yes. thing I can grab onto it's the only thing that can bring me back that can bring me back to real they can bring me back to peace and that's the part that I've started to give more of my time to to make a priority because I I'm a nomadic person I move around (laughs) I like to move around I you know I got the Sagittarius moon that's like adventure go somewhere let's see let's explore let's do stuff you know like Magellan I want to see the whole planet and you know with that um it, you know, creates a lot of movement in my life and movement from place to place, being in different spaces. You know, the one thing that I can do any and everywhere is meditate. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing I can do any and everywhere. Even if I'm in a car, I need to pull over. If I'm on the train and I need mm-hmm. to just put in my headphones, close my eyes and just breathe. If I'm, you know, in a hotel, Airbnb, whatever I am, my meditation practice has been the the part of my yoga practice that has been near and dear to my heart and that has become i notice my priority passion yoga is a passion for me as well meditation and pranayama are the first i guess the grounding or rooting elements of my practice every time i teach a class we do a mm. meditation every time um even in new spaces like i started teaching recently at embrace yoga dc which is um faith hunters studio and I've been teaching there for a couple of weeks and every class, you know, I have a 6.30 a.m. rising class. We sit for meditation eight minutes before That's we beautiful. move. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the part that I think is where some of that magic happens as well. You know, magic happens, the yoga magic happens in the asana and the flow. It happens in the breath as well. Um, and I think it also happens in the stillness. You know, it happens in those moments where your mind is tugging at you in 55 different directions and you're choosing you first. Yes. You know, you're choosing now first and letting everything else just kind of fall away. So uh, my next question for you is thank you, by the way, for just being so open. I didn't even just, you're awesome. I just have to tell you that. Thank (laughs) you. It's just, I'm excited. So, um, what do you want your legacy to be? My legacy will be, uh, for one, I would like to, let's say, kind of destigmatize or not mm. make it so taboo for women to get healing. Mm. I 
am doing a lot of work when I um, found yoga and I was like, how do I make this for me? Because although I do want to have a yoga studio, my Mm -hmm. true legacy is going to be a a women healer, a sacral Mm. chakra healer. Mm -hmm. because I've noticed, especially as I'm getting out there more and showing up for myself, that whether women have been through a lot of sexual trauma, yes, whether it was a choice they chose to make consciously, unconsciously, it was a choice that made for them. Mm -hmm. So I want people to remember me by just bringing women together, especially for me and maybe in the South, maybe across the world, black women Mm. that feel that they are maybe like in competition with each other. They have to compete and one up and rather just rather than coming together. Mm -hmm. So my passion, my legacy will be the glue, the heal, the healer Mm -hmm. to kind of allow, give, provide that safe space to uncover, Mm -hmm. to be your true and authentic self and to get that healing, that womb healing, Mm. tapping into the femininity, the softness Mm -hmm. that if you're hurting, you can hurt. Like I allowed myself to feel the pain because Mm. Pressing the pain down does not do yourself any service. Right. So providing that safe space for women to open up, to heal. And I feel with us healing ourselves as women, as the creators, Mm -hmm. that we can continue to heal our society. We can heal our men. And Mm -hmm. with, with that, we we heal one little space at a time yeah absolutely i i i stand with you in that um i think that there is a charge on our lives as women as black women in particular that those of us who have that gift you know i believe every every person has a purpose and every person's purpose is unique to that individual I think those of us that have been given that gift of becoming a healer, of embracing what that means, embracing that power, that ancestral juju that came through from generations and generations that is now living within us, that we do have a duty. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a duty, we have an obligation, um, and we have a, a divine and very, very real task to be a catalyst for that healing. And it starts, you know, of course, with ourselves, it starts within um, because, you know, hurt people can't heal people. Mm -mm. And it's one thing to experience hurt, experience pain and to heal from it and then be an example, be a guide when you see another black woman, another woman, another, you know, young girl who is in the middle, in the thick of it in the thick of that pain, in the thick of that hurt, where you can reach back and reach out and stand firmly in your light and be able to shed light on her 
to be able to show her the way to be able to be that that beacon of hope that beacon of wisdom that it's okay to you know remove that that shroud of shame that a lot of women carry and and wear as a result of trauma because it's it's a fact you know as unfortunate and and ugly as it is it's a fact and i think that the more that we openly have conversation the more that we create those safe spaces for that courageous vulnerability to show itself and for the stories to be told and for the the tears to fall and for the laughter to replace it and for us to really embrace each other that's what we need yes. first and yes. and i think oh, oh go ahead no i was going to say and i think that's that's where we have to begin i think that's where we have to start yeah, something that you said that I 100% agree with is when you said allowing the tears to fall and replace it with laughter. It seems like a lot of the times, at least in my experience, I see a lot of tears falling, tears falling, tears falling, and now what? Mm-hmm. So you're uncovering this hurt, but you're leaving this wound open. What do yeah. you fill this wound with? So just stepping into self-love and I will mention, slide this in here really quickly. I'm delving into Tantra a lot Mm. Um, and the self-love practice as women finding and discovering our body, this physical body Mm -hmm. that we have in this space and connecting it with our breath, our pranayama, our life force, because without that life force, the, this life as we know it no longer exists. Right, exactly. So connecting love with that breath and mm-hmm. self-discovery and mm-hmm. learning and unlearning and relearning and unlearning is a big part of it. And so it is. I will... I'm delving into how exactly I'm going to allow allow us as women to identify some of mm. the patterns that we have we have taken on as our own, mm-hmm. whether we know where we got it or not. Right. Yes. Yes. So, I was so just uncovering having, that. Uncovering that. Yeah. I was just having a conversation. I was actually going to end up being on an episode with one of my close friends about recognizing which trauma is yours yes. and which trauma you inherited. Yes. Being able to identify because there are, you know, the ones who who took the took the took it you know who owned it who experienced it who lived it and breathed it and then there are those who never did but they're still affected by it you know what mm-hmm. i mean they still they can still feel it and i think that's where creating a legacy of healing women will eventually create this ripple effect where generations from now there will be women who are like remember back in the 2020s when our <laughs> when those women got together and they started healing each other and they started mm. loving on each other and themselves and there was this huge shift like you know people think I'm cuckoo but I got big visions and I can see it so clearly and I know that it's coming and I know that it's it's also happening right now and reclaiming the black body reclaiming the black female body yes. reclaiming the black woman's body as the divine regal sensual beautiful Mm -hmm. strong 
manifestation that it is, is ours. We are the only ones who can do that. <laughs> we are the only ones who can take it back. We're the only ones who can, who can love on it, who can, who can show each other how to take care of it. And like you said earlier, removing the stigma about just sexual trauma in general, you know, removing the shame around it and, and calling it by its name and, and taking and being able to create a separation enough to be able to say, we've identified it. You see, there it is. There's the trauma point. Mm-hmm. Now, what can we do? Like you said, to open that wound, but then we have to suture it. We have to put the herbs on it. We got to mm-hmm. put the love on it. We got it. We got to let it heal and close up enough so that it then just becomes that thing that I experienced that I healed myself from, that I worked with others to heal from, and now I get to be a healer too. Because I think it's just in us. And then finding the beauty in that lesson. Yes. Making your scars beautiful because I remember there was a time that I I almost felt a lot of regret. And now, especially knowing what I know now in all the, the woo, which is yoga and no, spirituality, mm-hmm. is that energy can never be created nor destroyed. Yeah, that's right. That's actually physics, I think. It's, <laughs> I think it that is, might even be science. <laughs> it, ne- it can never be created nor destroyed. So right. that energy that was, that was developing inside of me. Mm-hmm. I channel that energy. I don't run oh. from it. I don't mm-hmm. act like it never happened. I don't shame it or hide it. I Once you bring these things to surface level and mm-hmm. understand the science, yeah, you never lose anything. There's only more to gain. Right. Right. Exactly. And it's keeping that, it's keeping that kinetic energy, that moving energy flowing. And that's why you touched on that when you said, you know, it's not just identifying the wound and opening the wound and leaving this open wound. It's continuing the motion forward of, okay, now let's move on. Let's move into the stage of healing. Let's move into the stage of soothing. Let's move into the stage of the tears have come down. Now let's apply some joy. Let's see if we can find some laughter. I know there's laughter in there. Let's see if we can keep forging ahead. And I, and I understand that it's, it's a, it's a process, but I think the more that we embrace our stories enough to be able to learn from them. Mm-hmm. We give ourselves a greater opportunity to teach others how to do the same. Yes. Yeah. Cause yeah. our, everybody who has been through something as you were mentioning earlier about the trauma that we're holding on, that is not really ours deeply, truly, they don't want you to feel trauma for right. their trauma. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make sense. Right. They might have educated it to you. They, in their trauma, they might not have known how to communicate it to you in an uplifting way. But mm-hmm. a, being able to dissect the message, take the message, and leave the trauma. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. That's like when I think of, you know, when people are like, well, what's, you know, what is holistic healing? What does that look like? What does it entail? And I'm like, it's a lot like physical healing. I, I, I look at it like trauma is like mm-hmm. a cancer. Yeah. Trauma is like a tumor, you know, and if you identify the source of it and you pinpoint all of your energy on eliminating or removing or soothing that source of trauma, 
then it doesn't spread. It doesn't grow. It doesn't increase. It mm-hmm. doesn't continue to take over. It, it, it's removed and it's taken, it's removed and it's taken care of at that point. And I think, like you said, being able to identify what's yours, what you've experienced from what others have experienced is part of that pinpointing the source, pinpointing where is this coming from? What is this about? What's our game plan and how do we move forward? So you're so powerful. My goodness. I'm so, I'm just like, I'm in awe of you and I'm just, I feel like I could talk to you for hours and I probably would. Um, but for the sake of this podcast, uh, yes. I, will, <laughs> I, um, I have three last things uh, that I want to ask. So the first one is how did you show love to yourself today? Ooh, so I woke up this morning and I did my three, my three things that I was grateful for. Even though I was really tired this morning, I journaled for a very long time after my, uh, my three things that I was grateful for. Mm -hmm. I took some time and just got my thoughts out on paper I give mm-hmm. myself hugs a lot. <laughs> mm, I love self hugs. This is the best. And then yeah. in, in yoga, I did uh, shoulders and midline. So that was, and so we gave ourselves lots of hugs. Mm. And I, I, I'm sure I've done it in lots of little different ways. Yeah. But I think those are the main ways that I have today. Okay. Um, if you had to identify a power word, what is your power word? Unapologetic. Mm. Yeah. Unapologetic. Do not let anyone or anything make you feel bad other than yourself that you knew better. Mm-hmm. Definitely do not self-sabotage in this name of unapologetic Mm -hmm. Um, but own your truth and be unapologetic about it I love that I love that that's I like that because well for several reasons but I like it just because like you said own your truth and know that even parts of your truth might still need some love might still need some mending but still being able to own Mm -hmm. it oh yeah stand firmly in that is part of what will teach other people how to how to interact with you you know if you're compassionate with yourself then people will be more likely to be compassionate with you because you're modeling that behavior you know for them yeah yeah I like that and you will you will slip you will fall oh of course you (laughs) do the best you can with what you know at the time there's nothing to be said about it and when we know better we do better Absolutely. Every time. So the last part, uh, what I like to close out each episode with is um, part of my daily practice is using Oracle cards. Okay. And I have a deck that um, it's a non-denominational deck, but it's called the Oracle of everything. And what I like about it, it's, um, it's there. I call them bumper sticker phrases, but they're so powerful. (laughs) So um, there are 52 cards in the deck. So I'm just going to ask you to pick a number between one and 52. Hmm. 11. 11. Okay. So the message for card number 11 is bring it. Mm. 
Wow. <laughs> you are <laughs> you are you are brave and fearless these days. Even if it doesn't feel that way, you are being called to take off your armor and leap. Today is the day to call fear out as the wimpy imposter that it is. It's time to go for it. Ashe. Mm-hmm. Ashe. Yeah, that's a good one. That was, <laughs> that was very. <laughs> yeah, well, I just want to say again, thank you so much for saying yes to being a part of this experience. I was really happy that I got to go to Wanderlust in Atlanta and went in just with an open heart, you know, hoping to connect with you people that, that I needed to connect with. That's one of the reasons why I chose to go alone. And I'm glad that I got the opportunity to interact with you there. And when I was putting together this list of people that I wanted to reach out to stepping outside of my comfort zone and inviting people that I don't the long Experience, something in me told me that I needed to do that because the part of me, it's for everyone else who gets to be a part of it. I'm just so grateful for what you shared. This conversation had that I almost forgot about, <laughs> which is <laughs> how important it is to, to apply that healing touch and that healing practice to myself just as much as I am passionate about applying it for others. So I just, I see so much happening for you. I stand fully in support of your passion of this legacy of healing black women, of healing women that you're creating. I see the journey that you're on continuing to propel forward in a way that goes beyond what your imagination can even conceive of. And I'm just glad that I get to stand by and be a compassionate witness to your greatness. So I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Ashe, thank you so much for having me. Uh, It was truly a pleasure. Awesome. Awesome. Well, enjoy the rest of your evening and uh, we will be in touch. Same to you. Hopefully soon. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Have a good night. Peace. a choice of hundreds of podcasts and I appreciate you for choosing this one. Please take a moment to subscribe, share, and review this podcast. If you like what you've heard, check out my first book, Because I Said So, Simple Ways to Rewrite Your Story, available on Amazon. Stay connected on social media. Find me at Keyshawn Rains. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to something different and experience something new. Peace and blessings. Namaste.